Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, episode 235. This is messed up. Yes, this is messed up. Things are weird out there right now. And we ended up creating this podcast from snippets of conversation that weren't planned, those spontaneous conversations that happen when two designers get together. You're going to hear from two amazing Business of Design members, Darcy Jansen in Sarnia, Ontario, as well as Beth Walther, who's in Covington, Louisiana. Darcy and Beth agreed independently to come on MoBOD, and that is the members-only podcast. That's where you get the really good stuff. So hopefully you're a member and you're taking advantage of those as well. Darcy came on with her accountant, who is a profit-first accountant. A lot of our members love that whole financial system. So this is a follow-up to a Business of Design live event that we had, and that was a lot of fun with Mike Michalowicz. Beth came on the podcast to ask a couple of questions about process. One of them had mostly to do with discounts and markups and how to manage all of that. And the other one had to do with capacity and workflow. So those are two episodes of MoBOD that are coming up with Beth and the one coming up with Darcy. So if you're a member, all you have to do is go to your dashboard and click on it to listen. It's that easy. But while we were preparing to tape the MoBOD episodes, we ended up just talking like designers do about what the heck is going on. And I was sharing a story or two about a couple of things that have been super wonky in my world at the moment in terms of weak supply chains, product disappearing after I purchased it, items that we relied on having being discontinued at the last minute. I mean, it just, it feels like crazy town right now. And just for those of you who think like, how could Kimberly possibly have time to do clients and do business of design? The answer is I truly spend more time on clients. And I just got an email in my inbox about two seconds ago. The subject line is cabinets are not what we expected. So I don't even have to open the email and I'm already freaked out, right? Do you feel that? Do you feel what that feels like. I'm looking at the email now. Hey, Kimberly, the guys are here installing the cabinetry. Everything looks great. I know you're coming tomorrow. We were unaware of the one inch gap around the bulkhead and we've already talked to the team and they're going to come back tomorrow with solutions. So just wanted to keep you in the loop. That's the email. What? Like, that's crazy. What? She's keeping me in the loop on my project? No, no. I keep you in the loop. You don't keep me in the loop. So I need to reach out right now to my cabinet guy and find out what happened without me on site or without someone from my team on site and get to the bottom of this. So when I say... I know what your week is like. I know what your year is like. I know what the work you do is like. I seriously mean I know what it's like. And now we are going to jump into a business of design episode because this is where I get my therapy and this is where I get the message. I need to just stay the course, stay in process. Don't let anybody pull you out of process, even a client who has a concern about her cabinet, which I don't understand it at all, but I will get to the bottom of it. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the two guests. We have Darcy Jansen, who is an interior design professional from Sarnia, Ontario. Darcy 
loves living and working in Sarnia where the water is blue and the summers are hot. She said she met her husband online at the end of college and they spent the first eight years of their marriage in Alberta. She couldn't wait to drag him back to Ontario and that's when she started her interior design business. Darcy Jansen Interiors does mostly residential projects, but recently they've added commercial projects to their roster of services, which is amazing. You can reach out to Darcy on Instagram at d.jansen underscore interiors, and you really should. Beth Walther is also an amazing interior design professional. She got her bachelor's in design In 1983, initially, she worked for a small interior design firm, and she was doing space planning and construction documents for high-rise building. Once she passed the NCIDQ, she decided she'd had enough of missing out on time with her kids and launched her own interior design business, Walther Design Studio. She's from Covington, Louisiana, as I said. And her firm does a nice mix between commercial and residential projects. You can find Beth on Instagram at Walther Design Studio. Don't worry if you missed anything. It's all in the show notes. During the episode, you'll hear Darcy talk about timelines and managing those client expectations. And then Beth is going to chime in about the dreaded price increases. And also, how do you manage all that procurement documentation. Do you need someone in-house? Can you use a third-person service? It's a lively conversation, and I'm really glad you're here to join us for it. If you've got an idea for the podcast, come on, don't be shy. We want you on the podcast. So please reach out to us. You know who the boss is, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Darcy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I, everything is good here. Darcy Jansen, everybody. If you don't know Darcy, how can they follow you on Instagram? Um, my company name is D Jansen Interiors, so you can find us on Instagram or Facebook that way. And Jansen is J A N Z E N or Z E N, depending Depends on where you're in live. Canada or the states, of course. <laughs> Either way, Z or Z, it's worth following Darcy for sure. And Darcy's about to have baby number three. I am. How do you have baby number three and continue to take care of clients? I'd be all like, you know what? I just don't care about your fridge. I'm pregnant. Leave me alone. Oh, I'm getting there because I'm I'm in the third trimester. So I'm starting to get a little bit less, uh, less like I want to be here. But however, I've had such great pregnancies. So I've been super blessed that way that I have been able to keep on for this whole pregnancy. Even first trimester was easy for me. So I've been able to keep on as normal, but this being the heat of the summer and getting into my last weeks of pregnancy has been a challenge (laughs) for sure. I can't even imagine. And are clients looking at you kind of 
Are you getting the impression they're thinking, don't don't you dare have that baby yet, Darcy? We're not done. Don't you dare. No, I haven't gotten to, I haven't felt that way so far. They haven't looked at me that way so far. More the fear of like, how are you going to do my project if you're having a baby kind of a thing? But I've got a great design associate that works with me and I've made it clear to clients that uh, I have good trust in the team that I've got behind me. So, so your projects will continue even while you're in labor. Yes. That that must mean you have (laughs) systems and protocols and strategies in place to run your business. I do. Yes. I'm so grateful. I, well, that's amazing. Like it just doesn't get any better than that. Cause honestly, there was a time in my life where I thought I just, I couldn't have had a baby because there's no way I could manage that and servicing clients. And I was, so I would have had to make a choice, but it's great to see somebody who's able to do both of those things. Yeah. I had this weird experience this week, and I'll tell you what's going on in my projects, and you tell me what's going on in yours. So I had this weird experience where we ordered a range and a cooktop on behalf of a client over a year ago, just about a year and a month ago, and fully paid for it because appliances always want you to pay 100% up front. So we, mm-hmm. we got, reached out to them and said, okay, we're ready for delivery. And they said, oh, sorry, we sold those pieces. Oh, and we're going to order new ones for you. And the delivery lead time is like four months. Oh my goodness. I'm like, wait a minute. What? We paid you a hundred percent over a year ago. You did not even give us a heads up. And now you think my client's going to wait another four months, but guess what? There's nothing I can do about it. Like there's no, no, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just oh. so annoyed. So what no am I supposed kidding. to do, Darcy? What do I say to my That's client? horrible. Right? I hate that. I hate being in that position that it's like you're the bearer of bad news, right? But there's, like you said, there's nothing you can do about it except for tell the client the bad news and hope that they are okay. <laughs> what if they're not? What if they throw a book at my head? What if they, what if they scream and yell and... Um, I don't know. What if they get a baseball bat and smash my car window? What should I do? Oh, I know. It's hard when it's so like deliberate from somebody else, right? We've run into that with trades before too, where it's like, we keep telling you to get this project done and you're not doing it. And so it's, it's hard to know how much of that to tell the client also to be like, this really is not our fault, but it's this guy's fault. But you want to stand behind the people that you've got on the project too, which well, is such a challenge. Especially if you hire them. Are you talking about a situation where you hired the people or where the client hired yeah. the person? Oh, yeah. Then you have to stand behind them because <laughs> to yeah. go like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> Just yeah. right. Wait a minute. Why did you hire an idiot? Yeah. <gasps> Uh, I feel like I'm disappointing clients a lot lately, just yeah. like not able to give them a yes in so many ways. Even when you think that you are going into it with, with good confidence, right? We have a client who was just design only really. And she ordered a, a bunch of products and furniture from us and um, asked about timelines because they were aware, like they're really reasonable clients and they were aware that COVID has made everything kind of unexpected. Um, but they asked about lead times on things. And we were like, well, we looked at all of the like stock online of all of these items and everything looks like it's going to be here fairly quickly, but everything's been delayed. So we went into it with full expectations that things were going to be fine and lead times were going to be fine. But now we have to keep going back to her and saying, sorry, actually that one's delayed and they're telling us this ETA, but now we know we can't make any promises at all. Yeah. And Darcy, I almost feel like 
I don't want to be cynical, but it almost feels intentional. Like they already, they just haven't updated their websites to say delivery lead times are 888 weeks away. Yeah. Right. It, it feels like everything we order now is like, oh, gee, sorry. I know. It seems like they're kind of taking advantage of the fact that everybody sort of knows that COVID has meant lead times can be longer, right? Yes. You, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So here's another thing. I ordered samples of some outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor, outdoor area carpets, and we paid an additional $45 to get the samples FedExed quickly. And then we got a notice, sorry, there's a delay in our shipping department three to five weeks. I'm like, wait a minute, we just paid $45. You can't keep the the $45 and then delay by three to five weeks. Like, but you can't reach anybody, which now has me thinking like, again, like there's so many advantages of buying from someone you know, a shop owner you can talk to whose face you can see instead of some online entity. So burned again, what can I say? I know I've definitely recognized again the value in some of the relationships that I've had for longer, right? That like trades as well, that these ones that I've had longer relationships with are still sticking with what they have always promised for me, but these newer suppliers and trades are, are using the excuse. So it's definitely like shopping local and using the relationships that we've had for a really long time have been so much more valuable now than ever. That is so true. We have (laughs) friends in the country who decided to do their own project management. So they're building a pool house and a, and a pool and a total huge landscaping job. And they came to us, and we, and we know the landscaper. We've used her a bunch of times. She's amazingly talented. And they said, oh, yeah, we're going to save so much money because we're doing the, the um, project management ourselves. I'm like, oh, you are, you are so not going to save a dollar. <laughs> and here's what's happening. You already know what's happening, right? Because he yep. has no relationship with any of the subtrades. They never show up to his house when they're supposed to. And so mm-hmm. instead of a project that would have taken seven, eight months is now going on year two with no end in sight. And there is no way to replace relationships. There's just no way to. No. That has really reminded me of the value of the fact that I can bring trades to my clients and know that those trades will be there word and do the work on time and on budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. The tough thing is explaining that to the client ahead of time, how to really get that value through to them ahead of time is, is a huge challenge that I find that it's like, they think that they're going to save a bunch of money and they think they have good relationships with some trades and things, but it's like, how do you really get that through to them until they're in the thick of trying to hire their own trades? (laughs) Yes, feel free to tell them my story. Yeah, <laughs> feel, free, right. feel free to use our stories as your stories. Darcy, yeah. thank you so much for popping in today. That was awesome. Thanks. In my excitement to introduce you to these two wonderful people, I forgot about a third wonderful person who's been standing by with some announcements. Take it away, Cheryl. Hey, Kimberly, I'm doing good. A couple of things going on within Business of Design membership. This week, our next BOD live meeting, Wednesday, August 18th. I can't believe it's August. (laughs) Happening at 1 p.m. EST. We're going to be talking about 
contracts. And this conversation is definitely going to be lively. You know, anytime you get into contracts, uh, it's usually how it turns out. So whether or not you're using business of designs, hourly fee or flat fee contracts, we really hope you'll step in and offer support and guidance to our fellow members. Uh, What's working for you? What isn't? Are you sharing your contract with your clients, reading it line by line at the consultation? We want to know because that's usually one of the last systems we find um, our members implement because it's it's just straight up scary to do. Uh, and that's, you know, straight up from member feedback. So we really want to have those candid conversations. So again, BOD Live, we're going to be talking about contracts Wednesday, August 18th, 1 p.m. EST. Also for our members, we've added some new coaching Q&A videos. So Kimberly answers the questions, what does the two-month retainer cover? What if a client doesn't sign the contract at the consultation? And how do you respond if a client questions your newly raised rate? So those answers for you are within BOD membership. And of course, you can access all of this through your member dashboard. And if you're not yet a member, what are you waiting for? I think the number one testimonial that we get is that I wish I joined sooner. And I'm throwing that out there because I did just hear that again today. So, you know, we love hearing that, um, but it's always, you know, why wait for tomorrow what you can do today? Monthly membership is $129 per month. And if you are willing to do the work, and that's not just, you know, setting aside time to take the courses, but the time that follows to actually implement. If you're going to do that work, that membership fee is going to pay for itself over and over again. And again, with monthly membership, there's no long-term commitment. So get in there, dig into the content and implement, implement, implement. I can't emphasize that enough. But anyway, we've had some, a lot of new members joining in the last couple of weeks. And, it, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to talk to those new members, both before they make the decision to join and after. So by all means, if you're thinking about joining and you've got questions, reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. And I look forward to speaking with you. But that was a lot longer than I was expected. So I will let you get back to the show. Talk to you soon. No, that was amazing. You were on a roll and I learned all kinds of new things, which is which is lovely. And you know what? Thank you so much for everything you do for this community. As I said, just a couple of snippets of conversation. And next we have Beth Walther. And somehow the two of us got to talking about price increases. Are you getting these random price increases from suppliers after you've ordered things or accepted a deposit check from clients? I mean, this is messed up. Listen in. Well, I I really wanted to start off with... so appreciate. I mean, as I explained before, that I've been a designer for a extremely long time. <laughs> and to find to find a system that we could follow. And again, I had some systems in place, but from beginning to end to have a really clear-cut system was was amazing. And it's been very helpful. But then again, you know, old dogs treating, you know kind of trying new tricks is also interesting. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because the Um, fact of the matter is if I wasn't an old dog at when I started trying to create the systems, it would have gone faster. I had so many bad habits that I had to unwind and undo and so many 
so many things that I thought this is how you do it because other people did it. And if I had just abandoned that concept early, it would have been so much better. So I really do appreciate what you're saying, how, um, how difficult sometimes it is to integrate changes. Well, and also, um, I mean, similar to you, I always tried I always tried new things and different things and, you know, what would work and constantly, I love learning new things. So truly everything that um, you've put together has been extremely helpful. And, and so much of what you say resonates with a similar experience that I have had. So, and I'm sure everyone who's been a designer for a while feels it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it really is interesting. It's so funny when I think about where I was in 1991 to 1998, I literally thought I was the only person having whatever was the problem of the day. And it turns out like there's not a single problem I've had that thousands of other people haven't experienced. So we really do get each other. It's so nice to have a tribe. And I'm so happy to meet you, Beth, even though it's Zoom. I wish it were in person. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's get into things. You had a question about process, I think. Yes. So, and I mean, just a little bit of background on, on me is that, you know, I have been an interior designer for 37 years and I, you know, graduated in interior design and I, um, worked for the first 10 years with interior design and an architectural firm. And so, you know, truly the first 10 years, all I did was commercial interior design. And then once having children and, the commute to work was so long. It was over an hour commute. It just took up so much of my day. And so then that's when I decided to stop in 94 and then just freelance. And so that's what, while I was raising my kids, that's what I did for many, many years. And, um, a very small firm. So, but then once all the kids went to college and I could expand more, then that's when, you know, we've grown a good bit. So, Anyway, I just wanted to kind of give you a little background that I I'm a commercial designer for, you know, that's really kind of my background, but I have been doing residential interior design, uh, I mean, for the last 10 years. And I, and I really see so much of, since HGTV exploded, just the individuals who want to hire interior designers exploded too. Whereas early in my career, that really wasn't, unless you were, a, you know, a decorator, you really didn't do interior design plans and per se. Can per I, se. And I, I'm just going to ask you a question there because I wonder, uh, I don't know that that's been helpful having a quantity of people who seek out our services, but don't understand what our services are because of the confusion seeded by popular television shows, right? In the past, there may have been fewer people calling, but those people calling kind of understood what the gig was. Does that, did, do you have that same kind well, of overall feeling? No, not really. I, I mean, what I found in the past is the residential jobs we were doing were from our commercial clients. So they already got it. They knew how we worked and it was always the same. So that was, that was very similar. And truly, since my firm was small, we I picked in, I pretty much pick and choose which projects to take. So what happened was, you know, obviously with websites and then when house, and that's truly the only in 30, well, I mean, my business I've had since 94, on, house is the only place I even uh, advertised. And, and they, 
So that's when I started getting people who didn't know me or didn't have a connection with another project. That's when it just got a little bit different because I guess there needs to be much more education. And you would get people who had no idea the cost that was involved in and um Yes, totally agree. You know, we don't need lots of phone calls and website inquiries from people who don't know us or don't know us by our reputation. You do need that if you're just starting out. So, of course, I understand that. But truly, more inquiries does not necessarily mean more business, right? If the inquiries you're getting are not turning into solid paid consultations and projects, then you really do want to consider the lead generation source. If you're paying for advertising on House or Facebook or Google Ads or anywhere, wherever you're advertising, if, the, if those leads aren't turning into paid consultations and then projects, it's not generating the right type of inquiry for you. And that could be because it's the wrong place to advertise for your business, or it could be that your messaging, your photos, your branding, your image online isn't working for you yet. I, I just think, especially this time where we're getting price increases, I can't even tell you how many phone calls we had to make because price increases are happening every week. On diff, not every, you know, different manufacturers, but every week we're getting phone calls about additional, um, additional, you know, price increases. And really, that that just happened to us on a job where the whole thing was priced out in between them. You know, in between us receiving the check, they've approved everything. And between we receiving the check and actually placing the order, it went up 10%. And we just had to eat that. Well, I'm not sure we would just eat that. I think I might go back to the client and say, this is the situation on the ground. This is what's happening. And I would then be able to show them the original paperwork. Um, again, it's just another advantage of being transparent. I'm not kidding. This happened. I might say to them, we're going to have to charge you the 10% increase, but we won't have any markup on it. Uh, that kind of thing. Um yeah. You know, maybe just as a case in point, it's worth having your paperwork say, you know, all prices subject to price increases by manufacturers, uh, particularly as this does seem to be the Wild West these days. You know, we had people go to High Point and say they had a different experience this year being received by the showrooms and the manufacturers. They were saying that um, they didn't seem as eager to sell to them. And I think they have a short memory, right? The only reason they ever allowed interior designers to buy is because business was down. And so they thought, well, we're going to get business wherever we can get it. Let's start opening accounts for interior design professionals. And now, of course, business is booming. And they're like, oh, I don't think we need these guys so much. And I think they will discover that that is a mistake. But you know what? I'm only going to work with those manufacturers who support the trade. That's I get to make that choice. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, I haven't found that yet, but um, I would think just because the whole purchasing, the way people purchase, I mean, now they're advertising that Amazon will, you know, they're going to roll out a new way where they'll, you can purchase furniture and they'll set it up in your house. So, um, I mean, our whole industry is changing. So you just have to be flexible for the way it changes. It is. And I've, I just know this from the bottom of my heart. People are not hiring me because 
I'm creative and because I can make their living rooms look beautiful. Those things are true, but I really believe people hire us because they don't have time to manage the 500 moving pieces that are involved in a renovation. So I think once you have that mentality, it doesn't matter if Amazon will come along and do it because my customer doesn't have time to go online and order Amazon and be home when that person comes to set it up and manage all that. She just doesn't. So so great. Amazon's right. going to do it. It's not going to impact my business at all. No, I, I, I don't. I don't disagree. And what I was going to say, though, what, what changed is that in order for me to sell product, I really needed to have a person in-house to help handle all of that. Because since that wasn't my strong suit, since that was not something, you know, that I would do well at tracking damaged furniture and all of that. So, I mean, that, that you need to if you're going to do that, I think you need to have someone, at least for me, I found I needed to have someone to handle that aspect of it. I agree. And I've talked to so many designers now who use a third party that might be attached to their um, a software program that they use for uh, project management collaterals. And that third party is taking way too much of the profitability. Mm-hmm. So I just can't right, imagine right. you just, you know, just don't take it lightly unless you've run the numbers. Don't think you know that there's no money there when, you know, Beth and I are telling you there's tons of money there. Yes. A little aggravation, but money. <laughs> Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today. 